This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Moorhead team, and this is the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we have Mike McCarthy on here, and he's going to tell us all about how he's involved in real estate and real estate investing and why he loves the Austin area. Hey, Mike, how are you? Doing great, Jordan. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for coming on. So real quick, tell us who you are and how you're involved with the real estate industry. All right. So uh, obviously, my name is Mike McCarthy, as you've already stated. And, you know, my number one role in uh, real estate other than investor is that I'm the regional operating partner for the greater Pennsylvania region. So that encompasses uh, southern New Jersey, all of Pennsylvania and Delaware. And uh, we've got uh, an incredible uh, group of real estate agents and, and offices that we lead there. Uh, 46 offices, um, 10,500 associates. And in those offices, we closed um, 26 billion uh, in sales last year, 78,000 units. Um, so we've done a bit of real estate um, in those areas. And uh, I've been with Keller Williams for over 20 years now. So I started in the business as an SOB, which is a son of a broker and started working with my dad, uh, who was one of the first uh, team leaders for a Keller Williams office that was outside of the state of Texas. So he launched the first office in Colorado as the team leader and uh, grew it to 100 agents within the first year and uh, really helped pioneer the way that they launched franchises. And that enabled him to uh, buy a territory, the greater PA region. And um, I joined, he, he he bought that while I was in college and I was working at uh, a Keller Williams office as the front, front desk person um, all through college. And then I joined him, I got my license and joined him uh, in 2002. And right after I got out of college and uh, started mapping out territories and cold calling uh, top agents to see if they wanted to hear about a new opportunity that was coming to town called Keller Williams. And so um, he and I built that business together for a couple of years. And then uh, I got real cocky and thought I knew a lot. And, uh, and, and we started button heads a little bit. And so he actually uh, semi-retired and moved to Florida and said, it seems like you think you know a lot. So why don't you do all the work? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you've really been in real estate your whole career in some way or another. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I used to put uh, United States flags in the, in the yards of every house in a neighborhood with business cards on it for agents that worked with my dad and get paid. I'm sure there's some child labor laws that were broken there, but get paid peanuts on the dollar to, to go do that. And I'd stuff envelopes and, and help put together marketing uh, materials for agents that were sending them out. So, I mean, I've been in and out and working in real estate offices uh, my entire life, really. 
That's awesome. And I, I mean, where you are today really speaks to you. You've done it all and you've worked really hard at it. You've been the director of first impressions. I think they call them the first front desk person. Yeah. Um, KW is very good at moving people up through the ranks too. So if you start as a director of first impressions, there's nothing saying that you're going to stay there. So yeah, get out there, stuff envelopes, put flags in yards, be the director of first impressions. You never know where you're going to end up if you work hard and show up every day. That's awesome. Um, so I know you're also a, an avid real estate investor. When did that part of your career start? It really started. Um, once I had a, a business that was built and successful enough to be throwing off some cash flow. Mm -hmm. And um, you and I met through a group called GoBundance. Mm -hmm. And so I had a lot of great mentors, David Osborne, Tim Rode, and Pat Hyben, who are my co-founders of GoBundance. We're all partners in it. It's now an organization that's got um, over 700 uh members, uh, women and men. So that's including the, the women's division in that as well. And it's really, it's been a 10 year journey, but I started, um, investing really learning that I needed to go invest from being around Pat, Tim and David and hearing about the deals that they were doing. Um, and I got very curious, but I also didn't get so curious that I started to go out and just buy properties on my own. I, I entered it a little differently than most would as I had a great paying job and a, a business that was making me good money. And so I just needed to figure out ways to passively deploy uh, money into real estate deals. And so I started getting into uh, multifamily syndications and self-storage syndications. And I also started investing in people more than I invested in real estate. So I would find somebody who could find the deal flow, could analyze the deal and could be a great operator, but maybe didn't have the, the financial statement or the cash that they needed to pull the deal off. And so I would join and be the money guy and partner with uh, people and do small multifamily deals in that way. And I love deals where, as you know, cause I'm, I, you and I are trying to do a deal like this, but I really like deals, what I call tier one investments. It means that's the type of investment I mostly focus on would be an investment where I put my capital in and I get my capital out at a refi event in the future. And then we hold that property indefinitely um, eventually we might sell it, but in the interest of not having to pay capital gains taxes and create tax consequences, I really like the game of just getting my capital out and then holding and paying taxes on the cash flow, but that's it. And hopefully we get some depreciation, some cost seg along the way too, to offset some of that. And I think that's a good way for me to, to stay involved. Um, I do have aspirations of of now building a, a company that uh, is the McCarthy family office essentially. And we will primarily focus on uh, real estate deals and doing some of our own deals uh, more intimately than we have in the past. So we're starting to get the right team in place. And again, my game has been more about betting on the right people than it has been betting on the right deal. And uh, that's been sort of my education around real estate has really been from a higher level of looking at how do I invest in these deals passively to 
wanting to get closer and closer to being an active investor, but still doing it through a team and not wanting to be the guy that, you know, has to go and, uh, change, you know, fix a property or, you know, deal with a tenant or whatever, but being able to have an economy of scale where I can invest in something and have a partner, an operator who's also involved in the deal. And their opportunity is that they get paid and get equity and build, build financial freedom because they're able to deal with those problems. And so I'm able to find those types of partners and we make a good team and we're able to go out and take deals down together. Absolutely. Uh, and I love what you're doing there. So really what, what you've, you've done is the path that so many people that get to being very successful do is, you know, they build a very strong business first and then they look to go invest. I think so many people say, I want to go invest first. I want to get out of my, my job. I hate my job. And my thoughts are find a better job or find a business that you want to start or find something that you like doing and build a really strong business that makes you money that you can then go invest. Um, there are so many ways to invest with little or none of your own money, but it's my opinion that it's easier to invest always when you at least have some money. Cause then somebody that's going to invest with you can trust you and say, Hey, you know, this guy's trustworthy. If something happens, he's probably going to take care of me. Um, but yeah, I really like what you, you're doing. And I think that you can study a lot of very successful people and see similar paths. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you try to go directly into real estate, but you don't necessarily have the job or the income to support that, then your margin of error goes way down. Like your ability to have a margin of error goes way down. And what you mostly hear from people who have gone from, single family homes to smaller multifamily to bigger multifamily to syndications is what I hear time and time again is that they wish they would have gone bigger sooner mm -hmm. um, and, and moved up that, that rank because you're dealing with the same problems. It's just some of the problems are going to pay you better than, you know, than others. So a single family home might have all of the same problems that a large multifamily does just one of them is going to pay you a lot more than the other. And if you can have a team involved, then you're, you're not even dealing with those problems. So I think my idea now is to, to just keep thinking about going bigger, faster, um, and, and not wait until I sort of learn the lessons of every smaller deal, mm -hmm. but to actually just go for it when I'm ready, ready to get into the big leagues. So, and I, I do have a plan. I mean, I do want to get into owning, still a few more smaller multifamilies with partners and keep learning with the team that I've formed now, just only though, as an education, not because we think that's the best strategy. I think the best strategy for me ultimately is going to be to buy two, three, 400 units at a time mm -hmm. with me and a small team. And then I go out and raise capital, which I have the, the access through GoBundance and through other avenues to raise capital as well, which becomes a big piece of the puzzle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're just figuring out what you're best at and sticking to that. Um, and I think that's a good segue. We mentioned GoBundance a few times. Uh, we do have, I didn't tell you this before, we do have a small ad in here for GoBundance Emerge. You won't hear it, but in the episode, it talks about GoBundance Emerge. Um, I do that free of cost. I don't get paid anything for having that in here because I truly believe that being a part of any sort of group that can help you grow or a mastermind is so important 
um, which is exactly why I joined GoBundance. So uh, could you talk about GoBundance and the different levels of membership there is right now and really the opportunities there is now that there wasn't when I joined for everybody? Anybody yeah. can join. Yeah, it used to be um, just a club for people that, or mastermind for people that had a million or above in net worth. And um, recently in the last couple of years, with the help of Jamie Gruber, we've launched Emerge, which is a course that you can take uh, online that teaches all of the principles of GoBundance and how to grab life big in the six pillars of of GoBundance, which revolve around the things you might not expect. It's not really all about building businesses or leadership or entrepreneurship. It's really around having optimal health, having lots of fun and bucket list adventures, giving back in your community, having high quality relationships, um, and then also uh, having the accountability around you that you need to help bring out your best. And, and then doing all of that in, 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 in service of building uh, horizontal income so that you can keep focusing on those five things uh, that make life worth living, which is giving back in your health and having fun and having adventure. And so Emerge is a course that you can take online, uh, but it's not like any other course because you're doing it with a group of other people. And there are masterminds with those people and calls that happen so that you can begin connecting with other people who are on that wealth building journey with you. And then once you graduate the Emerge course, uh, you're offered, if you, if you graduate, you're offered the opportunity to join our Ascend Mastermind group. And that actually gets you into a group that is much more GoBundance uh, elite-like, where there's a couple of actual in-person events. Um, you get put into pods, uh, which are small accountability groups that meet virtually every week, every week or every couple of weeks. Um, and you get to also um, gain opportunity from the larger GoBundance Elite group, which is the, the millionaire and up group. And there's a, uh, a lot of uh, synergies happening between Ascend and GoBundance Elite uh, be because there's a lot of people hungry for opportunity uh, in the Ascend group. And then in the GoBundance Elite group, there's a lot of people that are hungry to find people who are wanting opportunity. And so there becomes this great, this great matching of talent, skill, and, and people that are hungry to get. Uh, and also it's just, it's really cool. Like you said, that this didn't exist until the last few years. And so now we can bring uh, the magic of GoBundance to a much wider audience. And I think it boils down to this simple fact that if um, you find a group that will hold you accountable um, and stand beside you and that doesn't posture and make it sound like everything is uh, roses and butterflies and, and puppy dogs and ice cream, because even the most successful entrepreneurs, they have challenges and sometimes bigger challenges uh, financially, emotionally, in their families, in their relationships, just like any a uh, regular person or any person of any any level of net worth uh, but i think in our society we get this idea that like money solves all things and you know once you reach a certain level of income or wealth that all of your problems go away and i think it actually is the opposite is true as all your problems just get amplified mm -hmm. and 
eventually you've got to have a group of people around you that helps you to navigate that and work through that, um, that success, the challenges that come through that, but also the motivation and accountability that it takes to go do something at, at a, at a big level, because what we're truly possible um, of accomplishing is so much greater than we usually give ourselves credit for. I think a lot of times we listen to that little voice of unworthiness that is whispering that you're not good enough. You need to do more, you, you know, you need to own more real estate, do bigger deals. And at the same time, it's saying, and you're not good enough to, to have even what you already have. And I think if we're not careful, we can really let, you know, whatever created that, uh, inner voice. It's usually something that happened in our childhood, or it's just the trauma of being a human being. Like, let's be real. Like being a human being is a painful endeavor. This adventure doesn't come without its trials and tribulations for all of us. And I think we come here to heal that trauma in some way, and then understand that, you know, whatever has been driving us and whatever voice has been maybe saying, you're not good enough. You need to do more that at some point, if we can uh, get control of that, that illusion that we're not good enough and truly feel into the fact that, you know, God and the universe, the creator, nature, whatever you want to call it, it's truly abundant. Like there is all the oxygen that I need around me right now. And that's all I need is my next breath. This moment is really all that exists anyways. So there's true abundance living around us. It's just this illusion that we live into as human beings that we're not good enough. And that drives a lot of success, by the way, it drives huge success. Um, but it's empty success. It's success that's hollow and it's unfulfilling. And eventually we have to get to that place of knowing that we're worthy of whatever we've created and that we're worthy of, of love and abundance in our lives at the highest level. And I think it takes a group of people to remind us of that, to keep us in check, because we all act out of reaction. Something inside of us bothers us, or we act in a way where we really lose control of ourselves. And we need people around us who are willing to call us on that and check us and help us to get back to a place of clarity and, and really squash that illusion. Yeah, I love that. And so I was talking to another guy in, in GoBundance that, well, he just joined GoBundance and just saying, Hey man, it's, you don't have to tell people in this group to be successful. That's not why I like GoBundance. It's obviously going to teach you how to be more successful and how to have better partnerships and grow bigger and grow better. But that's not what the people in GoBundance need to hear. Um, they need to hear, hey, you need to focus on your health. You need to focus on your relationship. You might need to focus on your family more. That's why I love GoBundance. But at the same time, um, stuff like GoBundance Emerge for people that don't think they're capable of buying that first rental property or saying, hey, I, I can't do this or can't do that. Those types of programs will help you get started and get on the path to, to reaching, let's say, GoBundance Elite or or being a whole life millionaire. And that stuff's so important. So, you know, you talked a little bit about that, you know, that, you know, you, you can get caught up in success and forget to essentially forget to appreciate life and forget to live life and be a happy person. Um, 
that's one of the main things that I like about GoBundance. It's not that somebody's going to teach me how to do another real estate deal, which they absolutely will. I'll learn so much from people in that group about business and real estate, but I'm going to learn how to be a better person and help other people. Uh, for reference, I hadn't done too much, too much in regards to charity in the couple of years before GoBundance. We raised enough money for an orphanage last year for 50 kids in India. We're raising enough money for another 30 kids right That's now. Awesome. It's within a year. You know, we're going to help 80 kids. And yeah, I probably would have given the normal, I'll give a couple hundred bucks here, or a couple hundred bucks there. And we figured out how to pull together $50,000 between us and a lot of other people to get an orphanage built in India. It's going to change these kids' life. That's huge, man. Kudos to you. And I, I just love that story because if the people that have the resources to do that kind of thing, AKA go abundance members don't do that type of thing, then who will, mm -hmm. you know, who can you do it because you can oftentimes the people that can don't. And uh, you took action on that. So kudos to you, Jordan. That's awesome. Well, I took action on that because people in a, a GoPod I was in said, Hey, I, I did this, this smaller version of this. So, you know, what do you guys think? And we said, Oh, well, let's do much bigger. Let's do as much as we can. Um, and you, you talked about making, if it was possible or making it possible, we had a guy speak at this last event that made robot arm. He was a, a film producer. He's making robot arms for people who've had their arms blown off. He's making a hundred dollars a pop with a 3d printer. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Nothing is impossible. Everything's possible. So why can't you go buy your first rental property or why can't you house hack in Austin? Um, there's so many people that say, well, you know, it's so great. You could do that, but I can't do it. I have a GED. I have the one of the lowest levels of education you can get. Um, if I can do it, anybody can absolutely do it. And when this guy's talking about they're making arms for a hundred dollars with a 3d printer, and he has a no background in that industry, like that's just inspiring. Anybody can do anything they want to. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you haven't, let's say bought your first rental property means you're the right person to go do it. Like you don't come with all the baggage of what should or shouldn't happen within a real estate deal. If you come into the um, industry fresh, that's what this guy Mick was saying um, is that, you know, he was in spaces where he had no business being and he had no expertise, but he believed it was possible. And that's all that it took. And in some cases it's the people that are sitting right in the middle of the problem that can't figure it out because they've helped create the problem that they're existing within and sometimes you need to come from outside of a space and fresh eyes into something and learn it anew for the first time. And, you know, you might be able to figure out a way to find properties that no one else is doing right now, you know, to get them before they're on the market to, to source, you know, properties or even just talking to people, you know, you, you spark that idea. Like if you tell everyone that you meet, like, I'm really looking to get into the real estate business. I'm, I'm just looking for the right deal. Do you know anybody who's thinking of selling their property? I mean, if you talk to enough people and you, you share that idea with them, it doesn't matter that you've never done a real estate deal before the buyer or the seller certainly doesn't care. 
as long as you pay them their money that they think that they they deserve need or 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 should get for that property then they're going to sell it to you and if you can find the deal you don't even need the money because there's guys like me who just need you to bring me the deal and we'll go make it happen um there'll be some other sweat equity involved and we'll we'll teach some things and we'll learn some things together along the way but you don't need the money you just need the source of the deal and i think anybody can do that yeah and what you said there earlier about some people get too stuck in it to even see the how to fix the problem i think that's realtors in real estate investing i can't tell you how many realtors don't invest in real estate and people would think Hey, you see these properties before they come on the market. You see deals every day. I remember being at a family reunion and Gary said exactly that. He said, Hey, you're getting the deal before it comes to anybody else. Make an offer, you know, say, Hey, this is my offer. This is what I can list it for. And so often the problem just can't be solved by somebody that's in the day to day. Or, you know, if you're first time investor or first time house hacker, there's nothing wrong with getting started and just going after it. You're going to make it happen. The, like you said, the more, you know, sometimes, or the more experience you have, we see so many investors that have been investing for 10 or 12 years and can't buy deals anymore because the something just doesn't work about them anymore. But then we have an agent on our team who he bought a duplex last year and he's living completely for free in the duplex because he figured out that, Hey, I can rent this one side out on a monthly basis, make a ton of cash flow off of it and cover the whole mortgage and still live in the other side. Um, I didn't figure that out. I've been doing it for five years and I saw him do that and said, wow, I need to do some of that stuff. That's wild. This kid's crushing it. So yeah, that's great. Kudos to him for, for stepping up and figuring it out. All he needed was the duplex, right? All yeah. I needed was a shot at buying that duplex and it, created a free living situation for him that he's also building equity and appreciation in which if it's in the Austin market, which I think it probably yeah. is, yeah. it's going pretty well for him right now. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and then he was able to get a real estate license to start working with us because one of the requirements is that we want real estate investors as agents. We don't want agents that don't know anything about real estate investing. So now he's starting a new career and he's doing really well because he has all this experience. So you know, back to Austin, Mike, um, you're relatively new to Austin here. When did you move to town? Uh, the end of 2019, like the fall of 2019. So you brought COVID right before the world ended. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why Austin? Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join. GoBundance.com slash emerge. GoBundance.com slash emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole-life millionaire. You know, for me, it was about um, community and being around the right people. So as an extension of the conversation we were having around GoBundances, you know, it's if you don't have that sense of community of people really cheering you on, supporting you, being authentic reflections of what who and what you are in the world or what you could become, then you need to get it. I think once you get it, you start to desire and crave that more and more. You just want to be around people 
that light you up. And so um, we were living in Pennsylvania for 20 years. I moved from Colorado out to Pennsylvania specifically to build that region and to build that business. Um, I got a, an incredible team in place and they just didn't need me to be boots on the ground anymore. In fact, for the last two years, nobody's needed to really be boots yeah. on the ground. We've all been boots in Zoom like we are right now. Mm -hmm. um, but, it, you know, having a great team enabled me to the, the freedom to look up and choose where we wanted our family to live. And there were two two main factors. One is we were looking for the right community for our children. And we found that in Acton Academy, which is a highly entrepreneurial private school uh, with multiple locations throughout the U.S., but they started in Austin. So there's lots of great schools, uh, Acton Academies in Austin. And uh, then the second thing was the community that my wife and I wanted to be a part of. And so we actually moved into the same neighborhood as David Osborne, my partner in GoBundance, and Hal Elrod, who was my partner in writing the Miracle Morning for Parents and Families uh, book that my wife and I put together and wrote. Uh, we just released our second edition in October, along with a family playbook that has eight, uh, seven exercises that you can do at home with your family that help you create goals, structure your values, um, even has a, a way to create some agreements within the family around screen time use, which is a, a big deal um, for lots of families right now. But we, um, we, we moved into a neighborhood specifically. So we only looked in one neighborhood <laughs> and we, we actually sent letters to everyone in the neighborhood saying who, you know, who's, who's thinking of moving and there were really just two houses that were our choices. And we picked the better of the two houses. Um, I did not move here because this is the best house and it was the perfect property. And I moved because of the community that this house was within. And we also had a lot of great friends like John Broman, who's the leader of another group on part of Front Row Dads and his wife, Tatiana, and then uh, lived in the area. And since then, we have Aaron Amuchastegui and Seth Daly and all a lot of other GoBundance guys that I knew uh, moved to Austin. So now we have this community here that really makes my life like a, a, Go, a GoBundance event that never ends. I'm constantly surrounded by people that fire me up, people that call me on my bullshit, uh, people that you know help me through challenges when I'm having challenges. And we do life together. So we picked Austin because it's where the great people that we knew were all either already at or were in the process of moving to. Um, now, I wish I had bought 10 houses in 2019 <laughs> instead of just one. Yeah. Um, hindsight's always 2020. Um, but I still believe in this real estate market and plan to make some great real estate investments would love to do some deals with you too, Jordan, as we've talked about in the past, but mm -hmm. you know, I think Austin is just a hot spot right now. It has so much going for it. Uh, the, the restaurant scene, the music scene, uh, things that my wife and I really love are great food and, and great music. Mm -hmm. And so it has that as well. Uh, and, uh, we've got a boat now too. So we, you know, I'm a big snowboarder and now I can wake surf and have an endless wave created behind a boat. And it's a, it's a fun thing to do in Austin. So really like other than ski resorts, Austin kind of has it all here. So 
Have you been to the elephant room downtown, Mike? No, I have jazz club in a basement. It's a really cool spot. Um, just maybe think of that. I wanted to say that before I forgot about it, but yeah, I think Austin can be that for, for everybody and anybody, even if you're not in go abundance, even, um, it's an awesome place with a lot of people doing awesome things and people move here because they love the energy and there's, there's so much going on and there's so many people that are trying to be better people with their health and wellness and with their careers and in their, their family life. Um, yeah, Austin is a, an awesome place to be. And for yeah. anybody listening, that's just moved here, or hasn't moved here yet, you know, move here, get to know some people, get out there. I think you'll find that same community for, for everybody. Um, awesome. So Mike, we talked a little bit about, you got attracted to real estate investing through Tim and, uh, Pat and David, but what, what specifically about real estate investing is attractive to you? You talked a little bit about tier one investments where able, you're able to put money in a deal, improve the value of a deal and get your money back out and hold on to that deal. Are there any other big reasons why you love real estate investing? So the reason that I, I am attracted to real estate investing is just you really can't find an investment that appreciates in the way that it does and also produces cash flow. And then you're able to, to buy it using leverage. Um, and then you can also buy bigger and bigger uh, properties, multifamily, and, and you can build a team around that uh, to, to have even more leverage. So you get people leverage, you get capital leverage. Um, and then you get the appreciation, hopefully that comes through the, the natural rise of the market. And right now, maybe the unnatural, um, in uh, rise of the market that we're experiencing. Um, but you know, there's a saying that I heard once was you don't wait to buy real estate. You just buy real estate and wait. And, you know, if you look back, if all of us would have just bought single family homes in Austin or really in any city. 10 years ago. And that's all we did. And we, let's say we bought them all on 30 or even 15 year notes, you know, we'd be five years from having them paid off and they would have doubled, tripled in some, in some places, quadrupled in value, you know, over a 10 year period. And it's like, wow, where else can you get all of those different factors working for you at the same time? Uh, and the awesome tax benefits of real estate too. So yeah. Um, yeah. There's just so, so many amazing pieces of real estate. Um, so Mike, I know you've done a bunch of deals. Um, I like to ask an interesting question on this podcast that a lot of people kind of don't talk about is, could you give us some advice on how to avoid a bad deal? Yeah. Well, here's what I would say on that question is that know your exit strategy, right? Is you've got to know what the end of a deal looks like. I think what happens is sometimes uh, real estate investors, or even just in general, when we look at any situation as human beings, we get excited about it on the front end. And we think about all of the possibilities of what it could be, but we don't think about, well, what happens if it goes wrong or even what happens if it goes right? Ultimately, there has to be some type of exit strategy um, a way, a way out of the deal. So, and, and, and typically I'm trying to find real estate deals that I never have to get out of, but there's still going to be an exit strategy, uh, for any deal that I'm in. And especially with partners, if you're buying with partners, you've got to know what's going to happen. If 
something goes sideways in the partnership, um, somebody becomes unhappy, or maybe someone just wants to move on and do something else with their life. There has to be pre-established ways that you'll get out of business together and a solid exit strategy for what that looks like. And I think so if you can start with the end in mind and work your way backwards of like, well, what 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 is the end going to look like? Then you can begin to structure the end from the beginning. And it's much easier to do that. And it could still not go according to plan. And maybe your exit strategy is is not going to work out the way you thought, but better to go in having some type of plan for your exit than, than not to have one at all. And I think that's a mistake that I see made a lot. I love what you said there too, about partnerships. So partnerships, it makes sense to have an operating agreement or a, essentially like a prenup for your partnership to say, Hey, what happens if we do want to go separate ways? You see, I would say the most common problem I hear about partnerships was I wanted to sell. He didn't want to sell or he or she didn't want to sell, you know, it's, they didn't figure out what was going to happen if they had to dissolve the partnership later on, um, which is exactly what a prenup is. But I think you absolutely need those in business. Um, yep. what, what's something you would tell somebody new looking to get into the real estate industry? Maybe they want to be a realtor. Maybe they want to go full-time and be a real estate investor. Um, obviously you started, doing all sorts of stuff, you know, putting flags in yards, stuffing envelopes. Would you recommend that somebody else just get started like that any way they could? I mean, I would, um, again, I would go in with some type of plan of where you want to be one year, two years, five years down the road, um, because how you enter the market might have a lot to do with where you end up down the road a ways. So I think strategically, you know, again, start with the end in mind. Uh, the other advice that I might give is just be prepared to do the work. You know, the, the reason that people make so much money in real estate is because you got to do the work. And, and oftentimes it's hard work. It's figuring out really complicated stuff, slowing down, reading agreements over and over and over again, un making sure you understand the financing, the contracts, the, you know, really get a good picture of it. But that's hard work. And, you know, I think a lot of people want to get into real estate because it seems like there's a lot of freedom and you pick your own hours and you don't necessarily have a boss, you know, unless you happen to join a team or an office where you're, you're working on staff. And I think that, you know, it's those who can still manage themselves at the highest level to get out of bed every morning and ask themselves, like, how am I going to go find this real estate deal? And, and I think, you know, you've got to be willing to talk to a lot of people, especially if you're going to be in sales. Um, if you're going to be on the investment side, you're still going to have to talk to a lot of people. It's just a different conversation. Um, but that prospecting aspect of it is not easy. And, you know, I woke up every day for 10 years and went right to my call list. And I prospected not for deals or listings, but for recruits and and to build my company, but it's the same game. And, um, you have to be hungry for that. You have to push through the resistance to do that because when nobody's really in charge of you as a, let's say an independent contractor, if you're a real estate agent, or you're trying to, uh, search for real estate investment deals every morning, when you wake up, nobody's in charge of you saying, here's what you need to do. And why didn't you do it? 
So you've got to be able to really manage yourself to manage yourself. I think you have to have some type of self mastery. So I would recommend people uh, take like a course that's offered with quantum leap uh, with Keller Williams called quantum leap, which is a course on self mastery. It really speaks to like, how do I become somebody who can lead myself in such a way where I know what my vision is. I know what my mission in life is. I know what my goals are. And I know every day what I've got to get up and do. And then I know why I'm doing it. And there's a bigger motivation, a big why that's driving me behind all of that. So that I wake up every day and I say, Hey, I don't want to make my calls today, but I need to make them because there's a big why of why I'm doing this. That's that's powering. That's my engine that's helping me to reach that goal. And so be ready for that. Be ready for the hard work that goes along with that. But just understand that with, with great, uh, with, with great responsibility and hard work comes extraordinary results. Mm -hmm. And so if you do master yourself and you manage yourself wisely and you do push through the resistance and you make the calls and you, you find the deals and you stick with it, then what you're going to find is an extremely rewarding career in, you know, either buying a property and placing tenants. So you're getting to put people in a home that they can afford and that they can live in and build a family, or you get to help somebody build a financial asset, either find their own investment um, or find their, their main residence that they're going to live in and do the same thing. And so that's a very rewarding career. And if you, if you master yourself and then master that game, you're going to be rewarded at the highest level. And like you said, if you're in the real estate sales uh, business, you ought to be getting first look at every deal that, that comes into your office, that comes across your desk. And, you know, if you have, if you know the right people and you find the right deal, know how to analyze it, you're going to be able to start getting into those deals, even with no money and have equity in things. And the goal is to have as much equity and as many different things as you possibly can, as many different investments. That's how uh, true wealth is created, generational wealth. Yeah, and you have to make sure to start tracking it. It gets to a point where you can't even remember all the different things. And you have to have spreadsheets and all these fun things to make sure you know what investments you're in anymore. Um, so I really like what you said there. Uh, you have to put in the work. So you, obviously you did that. You talked about all the different ways you put in the work in the beginning. Um, it seems like everybody's an overnight success, but you don't see all the work they put in over a decade. And I think you have to put in the work, whether you're a real estate investor or real estate sales or anything, no matter what you're doing. And I think there's a lot of great systems. You wrote a book, uh, The Miracle Morning for Parents and Families. And there's many other versions of Miracle Morning that you can put in the work on yourself right away in the beginning of the day to be disciplined and to get started on your day. And if you start your day on the right foot, it's so much easier to put in the work for the rest of the day. You know, there's so many people, myself included in real estate sales, I used to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning and I would maybe go to the gym around nine o'clock in the morning and maybe I'd roll into the office around 10, 30, 11, uh, maybe answer some emails, do some stuff. And yeah, I'd work till six, seven, eight, nine at night, but that's no way to live a life. And I was successful because I would work until nine, 10, 11 at night, but you have to have that discipline. There's nobody that's going to do it for you. Extremely. That works in real estate investing. Nobody's doing anything for you in real estate investing, at least in real estate sales. 
know, if you have a team that you're on, or if you're in a brokerage, you're only getting paid for the deals you do. But in real estate investing, you really do not get paid anything for a long time, especially if you're buying a deal that needs to be rehabbed and turned around. It can take time and effort and energy, and you got to get up and do it every day, day after day after day after day. And then it really pays off a few years down the road. But it can feel like for a while, years, that nothing's happening. And yeah. I'm sure you felt like that starting your business. You know, hey, we're starting this brand new market. We don't know anything. I'm sure you put in work for years before it felt like something was happening. Yeah, it was it was a long haul. And if you stick with it, it doesn't matter when you do the work in the morning, in the night, as long as you do the work mm -hmm. eventually and you stick with it long enough, eventually you'll start to see that sort of uptick of sales, uptick of wealth, uptick of of income mm -hmm. that comes from all of that hard work. But it doesn't happen overnight. You got to play the long game. Yeah, love that. So, Mike, um, what's next for you? What are your long-term goals? And have you talked a little bit about your vision for real estate. What's your vision for real estate investing in the future? Yeah, I mean, right now, I'm, I just recently hired a, a chief of staff who is really going to take over sort of um, a lot of my decision-making and a lot of my deal vetting and a lot of the management that goes along with you know, being invested in, you know, 50 plus different deals that I'm in, like you said, it requires uh, lots of spreadsheets and ways of tracking. Eventually you graduate to needing a, a person actually that, that does that for you specifically. So um, Nick Johnson is, is a team member that I just added. He was also a GoBundance member. Um, he, he was a nuclear engineer and he was wanting to leave his W2 and get in into the real estate world uh, full time. And we were able to create this perfect sort of symbiotic relationship of visionary and integrator. And so he actually is just, uh, he's worked for me part time for the last four, four or so months. And now he'll begin full time uh, at the first of February. And our goal is to um, find as many tier one investments as we possibly can. And then also to keep doing larger and larger tier one deals to the point of uh, first leveraging and borrowing to do those deals um, so that it's not all just my cash, but I'm actually using leverage. And then as we learn and grow through that to eventually do deals that are big enough for us to, to uh, include other people's money and to help build wealth for other, uh, other people who want to invest passively. So that's my short-term vision for real estate, but I, I really want to work through other people because I have a couple other passion projects that I'm really focused on right now. I mentioned the Miracle Morning for Parents and Families in the playbook that we created, but I'm a huge believer in the fact that you know most entrepreneurs um, are absent from their homes and they're not really leading and showing up as leaders in their homes. Mm -hmm. And that creates a void where they're out building a business or wealth for their family, but they're using their family as the excuse to be away from them. And that doesn't actually play out in a way that's healthy because the kids don't get to see what really the entrepreneur is up to. They don't understand uh, what mom or dad is out there doing every day. And so if they can start to include their kids in the real estate business a little more like my father did early on, or if they can bring their leadership into the home and help set goals 
and sort of operate their family more like they would a high functioning team where they set goals together and there are certain values that, that guide the family. Um, I think we can really do a lot in our country uh, to heal at the level of the family unit. And I think it, it, it starts with us being willing to bring some of that leadership into the home. And so I'm focused on that as a passion project. I, I speak to groups, um, brokerages, communities, teams, organizations about um, how they can lead effectively in their home. And so that's one thing that I'll focus a lot on. And then to your point earlier, you know, I'm not building orphanages, um, although I'd like to make a big donation to the next one that you do, because I believe in that. I, I have just launched a nonprofit with a group of co-founders and we uh, it's called Project Roar. And you can find information about that at, at theprojectroar.org. And essentially what we're doing is reimagining outdoor uh, adaptive recreation so that we can adapt um, uh, an individual who might have been born without their legs or maybe had a, a car accident and, and lost their limbs of some sort. Um, we can uh, build them equipment that they can go out and enjoy the recreation, the outdoor life and adventure. And then that creates a, a sense of confidence and healing for them that maybe they didn't experience before. So we've actually built our first product, which is a snowboard that uh, uh, someone without, without their legs um, above the knees could actually get on. They get strapped to it with a, a racing harness. And we have two athletes that are now out there that have been um, uh, instructed or trained on how to ride this contraption that we came up with. And so um, we're going to keep focusing in on Project Roar and helping um, people every year. We're going to do an experience where we find someone maybe like a wounded vet and then we find somebody else who's an athlete already an adaptive athlete and then uh, give them the experience of snowboarding something that maybe they never dreamed was possible for them before and so we're really focused in on building that nonprofit and and seeing where that can go and also right now it's snowboarding uh, for a specific type of individual but we imagine that just like the guy Mick, the the not impossible guy, mm -hmm. that that we can build lots of other things that would be helpful to people and getting them outdoors and doing adventures that they didn't think that they could ever do. So focus in on that as a way of giving back and also just um, the passion that I have for adventure and outdoors um, combined with the impact of really changing somebody's life and giving them a gift that they never thought that they could have. It's awesome. Yeah. And I've seen some of those videos, um, really cool device you've made there. So speaking to families and trying to help them, you hear that so often where I'm doing this for my family, I'm working till 10 or 11 o'clock at night for my family. And uh, you also hear on the other side, you know, I never saw my dad, he was always working. And, you know, I never knew what he was up to. It was just always him out working. And yeah, the the father, of course, is saying, I'm doing it for the family, but the kids don't really care. They don't know you. They don't know anything about you. They don't know that, you know, you're doing all this stuff and they have a better life, but they, they just know they don't see you at all. So that's really cool. That you're speaking to people about that too. Really awesome stuff you're doing. Yeah. Thanks buddy. Um, <clears throat> all right. It's starting to wrap up here, Mike. Do you have a favorite business or mindset book you like to recommend to everybody? 
Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here, and I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. You know, I obviously, my go-to that I try to read, you know, every couple of years at a minimum is think and grow rich. Mm -hmm. I think that the principles are timeless within that book. And, uh, it really centers around the idea of masterminds, um, having a, a, a really large purpose that a big, why that you're focused on and surrounding yourself with the right people. So that would be one. Um, there's also a book called lovable by Dr. Kelly Flanagan, and that is just about the idea that we all have had, I mentioned this earlier, we've all had the traumatic experience of being a human being. And we all probably didn't get as much attention as we needed, or maybe we got more attention than we needed. But irregardless of our parents' best efforts, um, we always end up leaving some mark of trauma or just the human experience does. And this book is all about how how do we find a place of worthiness in such a way that we realize we're all lovable and we can all we can all experience that sense of of love and he he creates some really great metaphors that i won't ruin for anyone that's going to go check out the book just around the egos that we create and he's got some great metaphors and ways of explaining that that make you go oh that makes sense now i know why i act in this certain way when maybe i don't choose that i just sort of lose control of 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 my reaction and it starts to shine a light on that and and it makes it approachable so that you can really work through whatever that that trauma might have been and then you just get to a place of of creating success and being able to feel worthy of it so that you can have that feeling of success because too often we're chasing success and when we get it we feel empty and unfulfilled and if that's you just know that you're being driven by your pain and your trauma, which is the same thing that happens to all of us. But if you want that to truly be fulfilling, whatever it is that you're working on, then you've got to stop running away from whatever it is that caused that trauma and start knowing that you can run towards um, your God-given strengths, gifts, and talents that, that exist within you. And you put those to to work that's not coming from that place of trauma, then you can really reach fulfillment at a high level and really enjoy the hard work and the life that you've built instead of just feeling like you need to grab for the next rung on the ladder and keep climbing and that eventually you'll be happy or fulfilled if you get to a certain level because that level will never come unless you really do the inner work. And that's what Dr. Kelly's book is all about. Awesome. Yeah, I just got that in the mail. I ordered it on your recommendation. Uh, this weekend. So really awesome. excited to read that. Mike, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you and just learn more about what you're doing? So I have a website that's it's gomikemccarthy.com. It's got pretty much all the ways to reach me. And, um, you know, my Instagram is uh, gomikemccarthy as well. Okay. And then um, if somebody wanted to talk to me about, um, uh, maybe speaking to a group or an audience around either what we're up to with Project Roar, or if you know possible recipients, um, or if you have a, a group of entrepreneurs that would like the message around the importance of family and bringing leadership into the home, I'd be 
excited to talk to anybody, any groups around those, those two topics. And uh, you could just email me direct at Mike McCarthy at me.com. If you're interested in talking about any of those things. Awesome. And uh, you know, for, for anybody listening, I strongly encourage you go check out go abundance. Again, there is a program for everybody, depending on you just got out of high school or you're in high school, you know, jump on emerge. Um, but there's something out there for everybody to no matter where you're at in your, your journey. So absolutely go check out go abundance. And I think it's just go abundance.com. Yep. Yep. Um, Mike was the CEO for a while and is one of the co-founders. So definitely something to get a hold of. Um, Mike, most important question here today. What is your favorite restaurant in Austin? I really like sushi. Uh, it's a big family favorite for us. And so uh, my wife and I ate at Soto uh, recently and just loved the the variety of sushi that they had there. It's, it's not the same type of typical sushi restaurant. It's mm -hmm. um, really got a lot of different exotic options and flavors and it was, uh, it was excellent. So that's the one restaurant I'm excited to go back to, but truth be told is we try to go to a different restaurant every time we go out because mm -hmm. There's so many great restaurants here in Austin that I feel like maybe I haven't discovered my actual favorite restaurant yet. Like it's still out there. Um, so we've, we've almost not gone to the same restaurant twice so far. We just, it's been two years and we just keep going to new places as much as we can. That's awesome. Did you go to the one on South Lamar or yeah. yep, South Lamar? South um, Lamar. Yep. Awesome. There's actually one out in Cedar park too, for anybody listening that's out that way. Um, but amazing sushi there at Soto. All right. Well, thank you so much here, Mike. Um, you've had so much knowledge to drop on us here today and so glad to have you on the podcast, but anybody needs to reach out to Mike. It's go Mike McCarthy on Instagram and go Mike McCarthy.com. Thank you so much, man. Have a great day. Yeah. Thanks for having me.